1: This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. Welcome to the Electric Circus known as Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Have Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together presented about progressive insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80. And also that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN radio. Is the Bill season really in jeopardy? Now that they are 5-4 and, and they've lost three out of their last five games. We'll get to that. And also your calls. We made the biggest statement on NFL Sunday. We deemed it Statement Sunday in the NFL. We want to hear from you at 888-729-3776. Part of the Dr. Pepper calling line. On the other side of the Buffalo Bills, that Cincinnati Bengals team. Oh, yeah. They believe they've been back ever since Joe Burrow's been back. 348 yards passing. He also threw for three touchdowns. Was not even pressured a lot in terms of being sacked. But he said, beating the Bills, it was good, but...
2: Really happy with how we played
1: the last couple of weeks. We got to keep it going. And uh, you know, we were 1-0 this week. We got to be 1-0 next week, too. This week means nothing. Uh, we'll come in tomorrow, watch the tape, lift, go about our business. Um, we'll go from there. As far as I'm concerned right now, and there's still plenty of football left to be played. But the Chiefs, the Ravens, and Cincinnati, they are separating themselves from just about everybody else. in what is still a loaded AFC... But those three are a notch above of the Jacksonville's, of the Buffaloes, of the Clevelands, of people like that that are going to make the playoffs but they're still a notch below those three teams I mentioned when it comes to Baltimore, Kansas City, and Cincinnati.
2: Well, I'll say this about Cincinnati. It's a scary moment for a lot of people that have to play them because they're starting to catch their stride, right? Freddie, they've won four games in a row, and a lot of people thought early on that this team was going to be left for dead. But one of the things that they didn't realize is that this same thing has happened to this football team the last two years, and they've Mm -hmm. been able to overcome. Just a season ago, they rallied off 10 games in a row and winning. So they're capable of going on runs like this, and it all starts because of a guy named Joe, damn Burrow. <laughs> the man is so cool, calm, and collected. And I don't think I've seen anyone in a long time, probably since Tom Brady, that doesn't care about anybody on the opposing sidelines. He's going to handle his business, and he believes that much in his abilities. But I also got to give a lot of credit yesterday to that offensive line. Joe Burrow was only sacked one time, yep, and, and that was masterful from that offensive line, especially where they started at this season. That, uh, that 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 connection between him and T. Higgins the last two weeks have been phenomenal. T. Higgins balled out last night, right? Winning his one-on-one matchup when Jamar Chase and Covers dictated not to throw the ball that way. Joe Burrow, even though things didn't start well this season for him and T. Higgins mm-hmm. as a quarterback-receiver duo, didn't hesitate when he had the one-on-one matchup and was eating uh, Buffalo Bills' corners up left and right the entire game. This tight end group, right? This tight end group is really starting to feed off the energy of number one, Joe Burrow, also a Jamar Chase to the point that where all three of those guys combined last night for 10 receptions, 101 yard, uh, yards and in, 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 in two touchdowns. So I really like what Cincinnati is as a football team, that defense. I thought they were solid last night as well, came up with two huge turnovers, especially the one, on Dalton Kincaid when they were driving to potentially score at worse a field goal but probably a touchdown the way the drive was going they found a way to take the football away and get the ball back to the Cincinnati Bengals and Cincinnati went down and scored a field goal off of it so I really like what they are as a team Zach Taylor mm-hmm. and I think when it comes to Joe Burrow right you hear this interviews he's the same person when they aren't winning. Versus the same person when they are winning in his interviews. Right. He, his demeanor never changes because his belief in, number one, himself, but also them as a, a football team entirely.
1: One of the things about Cincinnati, when you've been there and you understand what it is to get up there and stay there, and you know you've gotten a Super Bowl, and you were a personal foul penalty from keeping the Kansas City Chiefs out of another Super Bowl last year, you had that belief system in yourself. So when they started slow, everybody said, when Joe Burrow's healthy – we're going to be fine. Well, now he's fully healthy. So everybody's fine, not just physically, but also mentally. On the other side, when you look at the Buffalo Bills, now we're looking at a team whose season could be in jeopardy because it doesn't get any easier for a team that at one point, after being 3-1, and taking about the Miami Dolphins 40-20, to 20, we said if that team looks like that the rest of the year, then the AFC could be in trouble they could be that team that could challenge Kansas City and keep everybody else below them. Ever since then, they lose by five points to Jacksonville, and they had all those injuries on defense. They barely beat the Giants 14-9 after that. Then they lose to the Pages by four. The Page had that game-winning drive. Then they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but that was a slugfest, 24-18. Then they lose by the Bengals by the same score, 24-18. Their next games, they play the Denver Broncos, then the New York Jets, at Philadelphia, at Kansas City, home versus the Dallas Cowboys. You better be really, really careful right now with a team that is struggling and they're having a confidence crisis, in my opinion, when it comes to Buffalo after the stretch you had, where for the first four weeks you were up there as one of the best teams in the NFL, and now making the playoffs is not going to be a fail-safe, especially when you're trying to overcome so many injuries and maybe damage to your psyche after what's happened the last five weeks.
2: Well, that's a rough four-game stretch that they have after they play the Denver Broncos. And I would say this about that game against Denver on Monday Night Football. Don't sit up there and let Denver smell blood in the water and be a shark. Because at any given Mm -hmm. moment, that team that hasn't been good this season will mess around and slip around and beat you as well if you don't handle your business. But I think when you look at Buffalo offensively, Ken Dorsey is going to have to understand that in order to get where to, to in order to get to where you want to be at the end of the season, you have to run the football consistently, man. They had sixteen Absolutely. rushes for sixty eight yards. Well, guess what? Forty four of those yards and a touchdown came from Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, I just don't think that's feasible, man. In yeah. trying to make a Super Bowl run, a playoff run in which you're in the Super Bowl and has and have an opportunity mm-hmm. to win the Lombardi Trophy, also I think. You know, they got to stop turning the football over. Absolutely. Dalton Kincaid was phenomenal, but you had a costly red zone – uh, fumble at the 11-yard line mm-hmm. going in the score. Mm-hmm. And defensively, that is twice now I've seen this team. Once against the uh, New England Patriots and Mac Jones, they couldn't get a stop versus him. Absolutely. And then now against the Cincinnati Bengals, when they had the ball with three minutes and 30 seconds left in the game, and they never seen the football back because of the defense of Buffalo, couldn't get off the football field.
1: I was worried about Ken Dorsey's the offensive coordinator. I said, will you continue to run the football like you did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And he did, but he put it in the hands of his quarterback you are not helping your quarterback because it can't just be on Josh Allen to go out there and win football games. He can't do everything. And if you were able to run the football against a pretty good front seven when it came to Tampa Bay Buccaneers, why did you abandon it so quickly, so early on the road against Cincinnati Bengals when you really needed that running game to help out your quarterback and not have all that pressure and all that weight on his shoulders? And now all of a sudden, you look at the rest of that schedule, there are going to be some defenses out there That will hit your quarterback no matter how big he is. The Jets will hit your quarterback. The Cowboys will hit your quarterback. The Eagles will hit your quarterback. The Chiefs will hit your quarterback. All those teams I mentioned are teams that are competing for playoff spots as well. And they've shown the ability that they can get home with that pressure and make plays against your quarterback. Ken Dorsey has got to be better than that. We've seen it, especially yesterday, last night when he gave up on the running game and did not help his quarterback. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. Triple say ESPN, eight 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 We'll take your calls in a couple of seconds about which team on NFL Statement Sunday, that's what we deemed it last week, made the biggest statement on Sunday. But it's time to get you ready for Monday Night Football. The New York Jets looking for their fourth straight win. They square up in the Los Angeles Chargers at home on Monday night. Part of the preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Saving you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. I'm looking forward to seeing, when it comes to either side, What are the charges going to look like and how they're going to charge her? And we've seen that's never good for the Chargers when they do that. (laughs) And number two of you, the New York Jets, how much confidence do you still have in that offense, especially quarterback in Zach Wilson, who has not looked like just a piece that's there. He's been more of a complimentary piece to Brees Hall and Nathaniel Hackett has done a lot better, a lot better job as offense coordinator, calling plays to put him in a full effect mode to make that work for the Jets' offense lately, and we've seen that in the last three to four games.
2: Yeah, I think if you're the New York Jets right now and you're looking at... The game that you do have, you have a prime opportunity. And what do I mean by that? Well, when you play on Monday Night Football, that means you get to sit in a hotel on Sundays and you get to watch what transpires across the National Football League. And in particular, you get to see what happens in your division. Well, when the Miami Dolphins lose, that's now another spot that you can move up if you handle your business. Also, when the Buffalo Bills lose on Sunday Night Football, that's another opportunity Mm -hmm. for you to move up in your division. So when I'm looking at the New York Jets, this is a prime opportunity tonight, right? It's a AFC opponent. Not your division, but it's in your confidence. So, number one, you want to win for that reason. Also, this division is wide open. And I remember when, this summer, all through and through, I picked the Jets to win this division. Mm-hmm. But when Aaron Rodgers went down, I was like, oh, I don't know about that anymore. Right. But what they've been able to do, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is continue to have this team be uh, in a prime position to not falter, right? They went three and three within their first six games, I don't know how, but their defense <laughs> stepped up and they made the plays. And I think Zach Wilson understood that as long as I don't put this offense in a position to hurt our defense, yeah. we're going to be okay because that side of the ball is so damn good. So I mm-hmm. think tonight versus the Los Angeles Chargers, this is a prime opportunity for Robert Sala as the head coach, for Nathaniel Hackett, for Jeff Ubrich, who's the defensive coordinator, for this in- team as a whole to say you know what we're still in the thick of things not just to make a playoff berth but to also be in the thick of things of winning the AFC East as a division
1: right stop babying Zach Wilson now if you're the New York Jets Nathaniel Hackett the offensive coordinator I'm talking to you stop babying him because now you should have developed a comfort level to what he can and what he cannot do you should definitely have figured it out by now I know it's a new offense he wasn't part of the offense last. Year. In terms of this, a new offense coordinator, a new offense. But by now, going into Game Eight, where you've seen the last three to four weeks, you should know exactly this is what makes things work for our quarterback. This is what he cannot do. We cannot put him in a position to do something like that. If you are the New York Jets, Nathaniel Hackett, you got to do a better job of not babying your quarterback anymore. You know what you have. You should know what you have by now. You know what your identity is. Play tough defense, run the football, don't turn the football over to give the opposing offense a short field, and go out there and say, hey, our quarterback, the throw is there, just let it go. If you're still babying Zach Wilson, you're not doing anybody any favors, and we saw how that did not work last year. Last year made sense to baby him because he knew what he was doing. This year, he has a better sense, a better grasp. He's not great, he's not good, he's so-so, but find what that so-so is. You should know what that so-so is now. With Zach Wilson going forward, if you're Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, Robert Saw, the head coach, and the rest of this Jets offense.
2: Yeah, you've got to take advantage of this past defense of the Los Angeles Chargers that have been Casper the Friendly Ghost and (laughs) haven't shown up this season of late, or period, I should say. But also, this is a very important, I would say... Two-game stretch versus the Los Angeles Chargers for them tonight and also versus the Las Vegas Raiders because the next two games after those two are divisional opponents, right? So you would like to go into that Buffalo game that's at Buffalo with these two wins against AFC opponents Under your resume, you would like to go into the game versus Miami coming off a win from Buffalo, winning three in a row to put yourself in a position to be exactly where you want to be. So I think two important games. It starts tonight on Monday Night Football versus the Chargers. Um, I I also want to see that defense Mm -hmm. that we have seen give Patrick Mahomes hell give Jalen Hurts hell Keep and going. also Josh Allen yep. so now another one of these quarterbacks that a lot of people deem as being one of the top flight ones in the game and one of the faces of the National Football League in Justin Herbert can you make him look the same way you made the other three look because, tonight that's yeah, what I'm watching for yeah,
1: because Justin Herbert we know he can make some throws but at times he'll do some things you'll say, hmm, I don't know about that. Either way, that game on Monday Night Football at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. New York Jets hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Catch that game on ESPN and ABC. Triple Eight say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Freddie Coleman, that's me. Harry Douglas, that's him. I'm Freddie. Harry, we want to hear from you. Part of NFL Week 9 Statement Sunday. Who made the biggest statement? It's time for you to be heard on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Big Ben in Louisville, who made the biggest statement on Statement Sunday in the NFL yesterday?
3: Oh, man, it was the Cowboys. You know why? Because they did what they do. (laughs) Eagles got a banged-up secondary. Two starters went out on the last drive. Cowboys still couldn't get it done, <laughs> and here's the amazing thing: I'm gonna give that credit. Dak did play a good game. Yes, he did. Everybody keep talking about the game of inches. How long is the football field?
1: <laughs> 120 Honey, yards. Um, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, so they knew that when they went in there, right? <laughs> tight end, <laughs> tight end didn't go far enough. Uh huh. How wide is the football field? Uh, it's oh, 53.3 yards. 53.3 yards. Yeah. Right? Some girth on that football Apparently, field. Though. Uh, Apparently, Dak thought it was 54 yards. That
1: ain't our fault. And Big big Ben, that's why I said that the better team did not win yesterday. You just mentioned two and self-inflicted wounds that the Cowboys put on themselves. You got to run the right route into the end zone and get into the end zone for the touchdown. And he's right. You got to have location awareness. If you're Dak Prescott, or anybody else at that point, it wasn't so much what the Eagles defender did. It was what Dak didn't do to try to get that ball across the goal line to make it a two point conversion where it's 20 to 25. And the way your, your rookie kicker has been kicking, he's pretty much automatic. The minute you get the ball inside the 50 yard line, when it comes to Aubrey, he's made 19 field goals in a row. You're automatic to say, OK, we can give this game a tie, then anything can happen. You got to be better when it comes to the Cowboys, when it comes to location awareness, not just your quarterback, not just your tight end, but your offensive coordinator slash head coach, Mike McCarthy on a fourth down. That's not location and personnel awareness They have three receivers to one side, one to the other. And you go over there and that guy's name is not CD lamb on that fourth down play for the Dallas Cowboys.
2: But also I would say this, like knowing your personnel, right? That, uh, the, the Why would you go to a first-year tight end and a second-year tight end? I agree. And you got C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks to the right side of the football field that I would probably trust before I trust those two guys. Mm -hmm, And Brandon Cooks was butt-naked wide open (laughs) for a touchdown. In, in like the, I, it, I don't it, get it, man.
1: In the game of inches, he was butt neck and wide open. That,
2: that's right. You got to take advantage. I mean, they're they're hard to come by. When you have them, you got to show. You got to show. You got to. You got to bless people.
1: <laughs> We're so juvenile. Yeah, got
2: bless them and score them touchdowns.
1: <laughs> in the game of inches,
2: every everybody isn't able. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh goodness, Ken of Virginia, who made the biggest statement coming when it comes to Week Nine NFL Sunday yesterday, my friend.
3: I think it's the Raiders.
1: Expand.
0: Um, just the way they played the game. They're like more
1: chill out. Did they have like all that kind of pressure from the ex head coach and stuff? They just, they're more relaxed and know what to do. And you got a I finally got a game plan going, and they were just they're scoring the points and everything. Yeah, you know, what? they looked like a real football team for the first time in over a year and a half. Yes, Lord. They look like a relaxed football team because Antonio Pierce, the interim head coach, knew exactly how what buttons to push and what buttons to leave alone.
4: Yeah, just, I mean, go back to our roots. How did we all get here? You know, and I said it in the press conference, you know, when you were in Pop Warner, you just had the joy and the love for the game. And I, I just felt like we lost that for a bit. Um, and Like I told you, you came back on Thursday. If you was at practice,
3: you would have saw it. Friday, same exact thing. And then just their focus throughout the building. I mean, obviously, there's videos of the guys playing hoop, having fun, just enjoying themselves. But then when we went to the grass, it was work and business. And they understand that. But more importantly, they wanted to do it for each
1: other. They just wanted that feeling, that joy that they're now celebrating, dancing, and having a great time in that locker room. They weren't fighting each other. Or fighting their head coach because if you can be a pain in the behind, but you be a, you better be a, be a very talented pain in the behind. People will give you leeway if you're a jackass, for lack of a better term, yep. but you have talent. People will make excuses for that. We've seen that, not just in sports, but in entertainment, etc., cetera, et cetera. If someone has that kind of it factor – People, well, you know, he's not that bad of a guy. Well, she's not that bad of a person because the talent is too much to ignore. When you don't have that kind of talent and you're painting in the behind, you're Josh McDaniels. And no one's going to have that fly going to say, wait a minute, you're washing out here. We know you don't respect us. So why should we believe anything that you're saying? Why should we respect you? And the minute that he told Antonio Pierce to talk to his team and get them riled up and Antonio Pierce mentioned about, hey, when we were with the Giants, we believed any time we would go on the football field, we were the best team on that field. We didn't take no for an answer. And then you get upbraided by Joshua Downs. Don't bring the Giants ever again like that against the Patriots. That's a fantastic way to lose your football team. So, yep. the, so Mark Davis said, one of the few great moves he's done as an owner of Las Vegas Raiders, well, if they believe more in Antonio Pierce instead of you, you got to go. And for the first time in a year and a half, they actually look like a football team that knew what the hell they were doing yesterday when it comes to the Raiders.
2: This team scored more points versus the Giants yesterday than they've scored in any game this season. They scored 30 points. They haven't eclipsed 30 points in any matchup this this week Freddie. Uh, honestly, they haven't scored more than, before this, 21 points. So, phenomenal mm-hmm. job by Antonio Pierce. Also, you see how loose these players are after the mm-hmm. win, right? Smoking cigars, having a good time, <laughs> yep. which I, I don't think is overbearing. I don't think it's too much because you have to celebrate these moments, especially when Things that probably scolded you up until this point with Josh McDaniels. So mm. it's also a freeness that Antonio uh, Pierce has brought amongst each player in that locker room. And not just players, I would say coaching staffs involved t- as well.
1: Everybody looked like they were happy to be part of the National Football League. It yep. didn't feel like a chore yesterday for the Las Vegas Raiders. One more from Rufus. The Rufus. The Rufus. The Rufus is on fire in Orlando. Rufus, who made the biggest statement on NFL Sunday yesterday?
4: My beloved Cincinnati Bengals. <clears throat> and let me just say, I'm a, a long time. I, I saw the Bengals play when they first came into the NFL. Wow. But here's, uh, and I love you all show, by the way. Here, here's why I said the Bengals made the biggest statement. It goes back to the week they played San Francisco. They physical up and beat up San Francisco. I said, okay, what was that? How was that going to carry over to the next week? Did you see how many people were down laying on the ground hurt last night when the after the Bengals, you see the way those big offensive linemen were pulling those corners and just taking out those DBs. Did you see Joe Burrow, Joe Daddy Cool, move around and <laughs> fire that ball? Uh, they made a statement. They made a statement, and the coaching staff made a statement. The running game made a statement. They played all phases of that game really good yesterday, made a good statement, and so now we're back in the AFC to uh, take care of business otherwise.
1: I'm changing Joe Burrow's nickname now because Rufus in Orlando, you've shown us the way. He's not just Joe Cool. He's Joe Daddy Cool.
2: Joe Daddy Cool. (laughs) Rufus in
1: Orlando, anytime we mention his nickname, we give you love on that one because he's not just Joe Cool. He is definitely Joe Daddy Cool, the Cincinnati Bengals.
2: Yeah, I'm just looking forward, coming up for Cincinnati. How long will this uh, win streak last, right? We've seen them win t- won 10 games in a row last year. It's at mm-hmm. four right now. Yeah. I want to see how far it's going to go.
1: Well, put it this way. With that dude being back, Joe Daddy Cole, everybody's feeling a lot better about that when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us here on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80. And I always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Jets playing on Monday night football against the Los Angeles Chargers. That is not the biggest game in New York City tonight. We'll get to that next. You keep it here on Freddie and Harry.
5: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
4: This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio.
5: Along with Harry Douglas
1: and Freddie Coleman together in the Reggae Monday edition of Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. appreciate you joining us on Series XM Channel 80. Also on TuneIn and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. We got the Jets taking on the Chargers on Monday Night Football. That game at 8.15 Eastern Time on ESPN and ABC. But that may not be the biggest game in the tri-state area tonight because James Harden making his debut in the Clippers uniform, playing the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. That is a hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. Let's talk about that and other NBA matters with our man, Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst and also noted author. Also hit him on Twitter at Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick, finally James Harden got his wish. He's going to be with the team that he wants to be with, and he makes his debut at said team tonight. If I ask Kendrick Perkins what are his expectations with James Harden, what would your answer be, my friend?
3: <laughs> I, obviously, the Clippers think he's a miss some peace. First of all, Harry, <laughs> Fred, what's up? It's been too long. Been know too long. To, I know it's football season, but I'm used to my weekly visit. You know what I'm saying? Let's go ahead and get that understood. Uh, whoever yeah. We need to talk to. Absolutely. All right, that's, num- that's number one. Number two. He better come and change something. <laughs> you know anything? That, I don't. I'm not judging him on what he do tonight, and I'm not judging him on what he do in the regular season. If he don't get it done with the Clippers, at least make the Western Conference Finals, then all this was for nothing. He could have stayed in Philly. All this was for nothing. He's a game changer. He said he is a system. He still believes that he could somewhat carry a team. Well, here it is. Here it is, and now, guess what? He gets to hide because he don't have to be the first option, right? Second option. So now he's not under a, micro, a microscope to say, "Hey, is James Harden going to deliver when it matters the most?" Now he still is going to have to do his job in as far as helping the Clippers reach that goal in the stacked Western Conference. But I'm not. I don't give a damn what James Harden do today, and I don't care what he doing the regular season. My eye on him is what he does in the postseason.
2: See, you feel like me. That's how I feel about Dallas Cowboys. I don't care nothing about no twelve and five season. Twelve and five. What yeah. you gonna do when the lights bright in the postseason? <laughs> now, now the Clippers. Now they're they're deciding to start James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I'm trying to wrap my brain around how all of this is going to work. Do you think it's going to work long term, or will one of these guys have to be able to come off the bench?
3: Well, we well we're about to see. And Ty Lue did the right thing, right? When you think about not losing Russ and keeping him engaged and showing him the respect as a guy that then averaged average a triple-double and won the MVP and that's a Hall of Famer, that's how you do it. Because Russ earned that starting point guard spot since he put on the Clippers uniform. Right. Now what Ty Lue is going to say is, here, I'm going to give y'all what y'all want. I'm going to put y'all in a position to be successful. If it don't work out, then I make change. So no one could ever question what he has done or or, or well, you never tried to start. Us. And then another thing is, just because they started in Tallulah, he didn't say how many minutes they was going to play together. I would look at it and see and say, and I would assume just my personal opinion that he's going to stagger those minutes. And it'll be interesting to see whether he pulls James or Russ out early to bring them back with their second
1: unit. Our man Kendrick Perkins, he's an FOS friend of the show, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us here in Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. When I say Boston Celtics so far early this season, what do you say?
3: I say impressive, but not too impressive. Not to the point where I'm about to jump on and say that they're the best team in the league. I'm not going to do that. Okay. For the simple fact that they haven't played nobody. They haven't played one contender yet, not one. So until they measure up and, and play a game of the likes of Philly, Milwaukee, Denver, uh, the Clippers, the Lakers, Phoenix, then that's their measuring stick. But so far, I believe what the the Wizards, the Nets, the, you know, I think I believe the Pacers, like the Knicks, the Knicks are subpar, like, what's their measuring stick? Like, I need to see what Prozingas is going to bring when he has to match up with a Giannis. I need to see what Prozingas is going to bring when he has to match up with a Joel Embiid. I need to see what Prozingas is going to bring when he match up with Anthony Davis. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Donald, but I'm just keeping it real. You know, the Celtics, you know, with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they've been a team that's been about championships, right? Yep. So with that being said, this, Small, south of size we got. Yes, Jason Tatum is balling, but again, they haven't played anybody.
2: Now, should we be concerned about the Milwaukee Bucks and their defensive struggles early on in this uh, season?
3: I'm sorry, what you said?
2: Should, should we be concerned about the Milwaukee Bucks and their defensive struggles early on?
3: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I feel like, you know. It's a new system. It's a new coach. Yes, Dame has to be better. Mm -hmm. But when you have Brooke Lopez and Giannis, two guys that could win defensive player of the year, two guys that have been there before on that front line, you don't have nothing to worry about. And I feel like Dame will be better. Now, what I will say is this. I feel like... Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I got that yes, say, God bless you.
3: <laughs> yeah, I will feel like this. Thank you. I will, I will say this. Malik Beasley, he has to step his game up more in that starting role. Pat Cuttington is so underrated to this Bucks team. I want to see him get more minutes. And I think Jay Crowder has been phenomenal. But the Bucks are just trying to figure things out. I feel like they will up their game. I feel like they will get better in time. And everybody's just trying to figure each other out. And then Chris Middleton. They're working him back into, you know, back into the groove.
2: Now we, we I'm gonna talk about the Knicks for a second. We have a few guys oh uh, that work on this show that are huge Knicks fans. Oh boy. And things I feel sorry have,
3: for their loss. Hey, boy, hey, I'm hey, glad hey, you hey, said hey, it. Hey, hey.
2: Things haven't <laughs> things have started right for the Knicks. Right? They they two and four right now. You you got some Things looking discombobulated uh, right now on their basketball team. When I say the New York Knicks, what comes to your mind, Big Perk?
3: Oh, selfishness yeah, all the way. Mm-hmm. And it starts with Julius Randle. Amen. I mean, I, I literally have to tell my kids to go to bed to stop them from watching the New York Knicks play and Julius Randle. That is bad basketball. And it's crazy to me because I played I play for Tom Thibodeau in Boston for a couple of years. I know with Tom Thibodeau how he is in the film room, and there's no way in hell he's watching Julius Randle play offensively and not calling him out for ball hogging. There's no way in hell he's not calling them out for the bad body language, the moping, the not getting back on defense. This is one of your franchise guys right now, him and Jalen Bronson and R.J. Barrett, and if you have that type of energy on the floor, that that is contagious. And nobody wants to play with that. And to me, unless they dress, unless they address that problem, then the Knicks are going to still be in the same spot of struggling right now. They have to nip this in the bud. And I, I know we got on the Chicago Bulls and we laughed at them mm-hmm. because they had a, a, a coming-to-Jesus meeting mm-hmm. real early the first after the first game of the season. But the New York Knicks need to have that. And everybody need to be an acceptance of what they're doing wrong on their part. This is Jalen Bronson's team. Yep. And then everybody else need to fall in line.
1: 30 seconds left. If I tell you that Victor Wimby-Yama San Antonio has made the biggest statement so far in the NBA Young season, what would you say, Perk?
3: I would absolutely agree with you. And I'm going to go a step further and say that they're going to make the play-in tournament, possibly make the playoffs. He's that much of a game-changer and he's that damn good. He don't have a superstar, he don't have a star or an all-star caliber player on that game. And outside of them getting mopped by the Clippers a few weeks ago, they have been in every game or won every game. The, the Spurs, the coaches there with Popovich, but Victor Wembanyama is the truth. And I said this a couple weeks ago, in three years he will be the best player in the league on both ends of the floor.
1: You know we're going to talk to you next week. I don't care if it's football season. You know that, right? <laughs>
3: Oh, I'm ready for you.
1: Come. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you next week, brother. I always appreciate you, Perk. Thank you so uh, much.
3: Uh, thank you. All right, have a
1: good one. Uh, he is so good. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN, NBA Ounce. Always a treat to have him with us each and every week. That's going to be going forward with the NBA season in full swing. Hit him on Twitter at Kendrick Perkins. Joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry. In other news, if you go to a thrift store and you see a skull, it may used to belong to a human. We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
5: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and gold!
3: This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Here's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together in this reggae Monday edition of Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Don't forget about us on Sirius X and Channel Aiden. Always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN radio. Before we get to in our other news, like we mentioned, Monday night football tonight involving the New York Jets taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Catch that game at 815 Eastern Time on ESPN and also ABC. Harry, the, Clipper, the Chargers are a three-point favorite against the Jets. What does your mind and body and soul tell you about what's going to happen tonight in this one?
2: I'm actually going with the Jets Joshua Palmer is not going to be playing in this matchup that's a huge loss mm-hmm. we know Mike Williams is out for the rest of the year uh, with his injury so I'm, I'm going to go with the Jets and rock with their defense okay. because their defense has shown me that I can count on them consistently when I look at the Los Angeles Chargers they may have a good showing one week then right. another week uh, you may ask uh, what are we even looking at what's going on with this football team so All I right. think the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. High, this is also a very important win, a game for the Chargers to win, though, if they want to stay where they want to stay playoff uh, wise, I would say. Uh, But I'm going with the Jets. I'm rocking with the Jets.
1: You look at the rest of the Chargers schedule. After they play the Jets, they're home versus the Detroit Lions. Good luck with that game. At the Green Bay Packers, they go back east. Home versus Baltimore. At the Pages, that should be a win. Then the final games, Broncos, Raiders, Bills, Broncos, and Chiefs. So the schedule kind of sets up a little bit. For a team that can ill afford to have any kind of margin of error, get smaller and smaller when it comes to playing on the road against the New York Jets. I'm with you. I think the Jets win this ball game, and after they play the Chargers, they win this game. Then at the Las Vegas Raiders, at the Buffalo Bills, home versus Miami, home versus Atlanta, home versus the Houston Texans, then at Miami home versus Washington, at the Cleveland Browns, and then they're at the New England Patriots. So that schedule is not as daunting as, for example, the Buffalo Bills in the next four to five weeks. That's why this game is really, really critical for both of these teams because you look at your schedule, even though your margin for error is slim, no matter who you're talking to, you get a win like this. That makes it four wins in a row for the New York Jets after losing three in a row, and now you develop even more confidence so you can find a way to not let this game be won by the Los Angeles Chargers
2: yeah I, I, you just brought up something Freddie what's that the, the Jets play the Chargers December 3rd I think that's a game that I need to come up to New York now that's championship weekend college football wise you mean yeah. Falcons yeah. the Falcons yeah. Yeah. But that's championship weekend in college football yes, but I think is. that's a game that we should be able to go to right
1: so you, you want know, to make Fre- that like a, a, a group a group
2: thing
4: yep. kind of thing yeah, we could, we could, we should we should be able to swing figure that. out what we can do. Figure yeah. out what we can do.
1: We, we, I think we know some people that can you know we can procure some tickets from and make that work. We may, we have to keep that in mind. Not just keep that in mind. We go, we're going to do that. We're going to have to we do, gonna, that. We we gonna gonna do that. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. So, yeah, we'll definitely make sure that is going to happen. Like we mentioned, Monday Night Football, Charges versus the Jets, eight fifteen 15 Eastern time in the ABC and the ESPN. Shannon, you got something to say about that? I just wanted to make sure. It looked like you were about to say something about that as far as that goes.
2: Oh, we don't want to go to no damn Giants game. Oh, oh Nate.
1: No. Even the Giants don't want to go to the Giants game. And they play for the New York Giants. Even they don't want to be there based on what this season is. Shannon, why are you by. looking
2: so sad?
1: <laughs> well, we started with you being salty about your Giants. It's just fitting that we should end this show before you get to end of Other News about you being even salty about your New York Giants. Oh, I thought you were about to play another new sounder. My bad. No, that's fine. Here we go.
2: <laughs> he just he to <laughs> He want to get more. to it. Yeah, he just <laughs> want to move on from the sadness. Each and every
1: night we make sure that you're caught up on everything. It could be a sports thing, could be a news thing, but it's always like this kind of thing. They may not be the top stories of the day.
0: In Other News.
1: But you need to be in the know. This is In Other News. Welcome to another edition of why because it's Florida. That's why there was a skull in the Halloween section of a Florida thrift store. What? It was not a Halloween decoration at all. Excuse me. An anthropologist who just so happened to be there. Why? Because it's Florida. He was browsing the store in North Fort Myers and he recognized that, Hey, that's not fake. That's a real human skull. Detectives responded to the scene. They collected the skull and they said, yeah, the anthropologist, oh, he knows his skulls. The medical examiner is now testing the skull and investigating further. And the sheriff's office has said the case is not believed to be suspicious in nature. Hold on a second. An anthropologist <laughs> found a human skull, not a fake one, not a Halloween decoration. He looked at that and said, I know what skulls look like. And that's what his skulls look like. And the sheriff's office is saying that the case is not to believe to be suspicious in nature.
2: Well, I want to know number one, whose skull is it? Amen. Number two, uh-huh. who brought the skull to the thrift store? Uh-huh. And number three, everything about it is suspicious in my opinion. Thank
1: you. Well, I can ask I can answer number two. The thrift store owner said the skull was inside a storage unit that was purchased years prior to the skull's discovery by the anthropologist. Now, according to Florida law, it prohibits anybody from knowingly offering to purchase or sell any human organ or tissue for valuable consideration, and that includes bones. It is not clear if anybody's going to be charged in the incident, and this is not the first time. In September, a skull was found in an Arizona Goodwill Goodwill store, and authorities said the skull was believed to be historic and not necessarily related to a crime. That bothers me. Yeah, it bothers everybody. <laughs> like it really does. Yeah, it bothers everybody. That, that, that really bothers yeah. me. Yeah. An actual human skull. Not a Halloween decoration.
2: Yeah, let me, uh, let me get this for $3.99. <laughs> <laughs> it's somebody's cousin that they've been looking for for a long time.
1: Another edition of Why? Because it's Florida, that's why. That's the only thing I was know. born
2: in Florida too.
1: <laughs> I keep
2: but forgetting. I was, about but I was that. raised in Georgia, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you don't
1: consider yourself a Floridian, do you?
2: Well, I, I, it's not that I don't consider myself. It's just I, I'm a DSGB down south Georgia boy. I moved there when I was two. Uh huh. Um, and, and, and most of my life has. Georgia memories but right. all my my dad's side of the family my dad's from Gainesville, Florida my okay. mom's from Liberty City in Miami I, me yeah. and my brother was born in Tampa my sister was born in Gainesville uh-huh. so we have those Florida ties yeah so but you know I'm, I'm a Georgia boy but okay. I got the Florida ties yeah
1: if I had a chance to talk to my uncle Leroy and not Willie Jean who live in St. Petersburg they would look at me and say well yeah because it's Florida.'t <laughs> it surprise them at all. They're like, "This is not the worst thing we've heard." <laughs> if anything, at least they found the skull. Now if they can find the rest of the bones, that's a whole different deal. Don't look at me that way. Don't even do that, Harry. That's enough of that. We got Amber (laughs) and Ian coming your way next to get you ready for Monday Night Football involving the Jets and the Chargers. God, we're so juvenile in this show. But Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman. This has been Freddie and Harry on the mighty ESPN Radio. You
2: can find other bones. I don't want them.
1: Take care. God bless. And as always, hold on to your head. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio.